difficult to do with the boiled sweet that I've just put into my mouth and I refuse to take out because it's too tasty. Lizzie Dignan brought them to the car, very grateful, but I'll give it a go nonetheless. Tom Pitcock on the top of Altuez on July the 14th, confounding the hopes of an entire nation, but across the channel and particularly in Yorkshire, they are jubilant as the young man raises his arms aloft. He is the current Olympic mountain bicycle champion. He is the current cyclocross world champion. And now he's the winner of a stage of the Tour de France on Alpe d'Huez. How does it feel, Lizzie? <laughs> I feel so Yorkshire right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a win for York. There were quite a few Yorkshire, what do you call, is it the rosettes? The, the, oh dear, the, come the, on, the white rose. Oh, the maybe. white rose, sorry. So the white yes. rose of Yorkshire, quite a few blue and white flags, weren't there? On yeah, the, there on was. The Yorkshire fans get everywhere. We're, um, we're good people. Are you like the Scottish? You're everywhere, but we don't know you're there. Or are you very... <laughs> Flag waving. I think. Flag I waving. think. Yeah. I think if there's a Yorkshire person around you, you know about it usually. I quite like it though, because you know I'm not that patriotic, but I suppose I am a proud can, Yorkshire woman. Can you define what Yorkshire is? I can. Uh, well, it's the biggest county. It's the friendliest county. Mm. The most genuine county. Um, yeah, you should all. And what, what are the what are the <laughs> what are the characteristics of a Yorkshire person? Well, I mean... No nonsense? Yeah, no nonsense. You're, cer- you know you're certainly no nonsense, Lizzie. Yeah, common sense through and common through. Common sense. Yeah. Balance. Tight, but I don't agree with that. Although I have spent the least amount of money this week. But that's because I'm sober, so, you know. Yeah, but we pay the bills <laughs> on feel, <laughs> don't we? That's the way it works. If you feel it's your turn... There's no spreadsheet in terms and of sharing the expenses. But you felt it was your turn yesterday when we had a takeaway pizza and outdoors. And your feeling <laughs> resulted in a bill that was about 56 euros all in, wasn't it? Which is quite a good feeling to have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were like well, it was better than rice. your birthday meal in Mujev. Yes, it that, was. I felt it was my time not to pay that bill. Which is, uh, in fairness, we, there was absolutely no choice last night. It was pizzeria yeah. or yes, water. It yeah. was. It yeah. was. Yeah. yeah. So we are now currently exiting Alpe d'Huez, surrounded by hundreds and hundreds of vehicles. You might be able to hear endless police sirens on the road to Grenoble, which every year when the race comes to Alpe d'Huez grinds to a complete and utter standstill. And that is the situation uh, no. that we find this that recording. Is grim. No. Yeah. Oh, what? So. We're in this little valley road here, surrounded by very, very steep cliffs either side, the setting sun behind us, and a two-hour drive down into the Rhone Valley in Saint-Étienne, still ahead of us, and the time is 9.13. Going to be a late one tonight, folks. Yeah, it is, and I don't, I don't think it's going to be two hours. No. Nope. Nor do I. Nope. Um, back to the race, Pete, did you enjoy it? I, well, yeah, I enjoyed watching Tom Pickock descend and win oh. for me that was just a masterclass the whole day his whole performance was just incredible I thought the day as as far as the whole bike race is concerned it it seemed to just take forever yeah. I don't know where was that um, the middle the yeah. penultimate climb the Ned, cl- Ned was in all day commentating yeah I know yeah that's, that's and it is it was quite a long it shift it was a yeah, long th- shift you're right though that climb the Col de la Croix de Fer, Croix de Fer David's yeah. bête noire climb the climb he hates more than any other it's 30 kilometres isn't it yeah, yeah that's probably why I hate it <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> but the race kind of went to sleep there didn't it um, 
Animal happens. But it's, I, yeah. we spoke about this um, because I think Jumbo Visma are so strong. And let's not forget how hard they've been racing. Yeah. And the Peloton is kind of an organic beast, isn't it? It can't race flat out all the time. And yesterday, as we pointed out in the podcast, you had um, 27 riders within 22 minutes. Everyone else was behind. And, uh, yeah. It's so I think everyone's yeah. tired today. And then a team as strong as somebody's got their phone near a cable. Oh, is that a chestnut, isn't no, it? No, it's okay. It might okay. be mine. Um, <laughs> but uh, and Jumbo Visma, after their performance yesterday, they're so strong. And I think in many ways the Peloton's thankful to have a team of that authority. Yeah, I agree. I completely agree, yeah. Yeah. And so it was almost a kind of neutralized stage to a certain degree. And that's why Pigcock's uh, kind of move was so clever. Because it was the stage to do it on. It's only Reddit. See, we talk it. about you know his type of rider. And it t- about having fun and this, that, and the other. But actually, he's so clever yeah, and so calculated. Yeah, cold. Yeah. What yeah, you yeah say? He played that masterfully today, yeah. didn't he? he? Got every single call right at every single moment. Waited. You know, he could have tried to drop them on the descent off the Col de la Croix de Fer, but realised that um, you know Jumbo Visma was starting to ride at that point, so he had to keep them all together to take them across those, you know, to the foot of Alpes. And then he went a long way from the finish line, didn't he? He did, he did. And old Louis Meinke's hung in there for quite a while. And so, so did the Froome dog. That yeah. was sensational and unexpected. Pickock yeah. even managed to score a three-pointer, didn't he, on the on the Alp? With his rubbish. Like before he'd attacked, just going through <laughs> and it was just... Just but so lucid and classic Pickcock yeah. just made it look so effortless. But again, isn't there, not fair, isn't is there a video of Matthew Vanderpool doing that? Probably. Brilliant. They, they all race. try and match each other, isn't it? Or yeah. get yeah. one up. Or I, if you can do that, I can do it better. Or yeah. 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 It well, it's like the cyclocross riders are the coolest in the peloton. They are now, aren't they? Yeah. They yeah. they win. If, if, you want, if your kids are getting into cycling, it's like, m- you know, make sure they do cyclocross, basically. Or mountain cool. biking. Cool or good, technically. Like, I think it just gives you so much yeah and they got like that that just such diversity yeah kind of the i and to think 10 years ago if you're a cyclocross rider none of them could ever transition no apart from mariana um, voss well yeah she's True. amazing it was all about the track wasn't it yeah 10 years ago I and know. then transition to the road and now it's now you put a track rider next to a cyclocross many. race and it's like they they yeah. just look useless and <laughs> 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 <can> turn left <laughs> yeah barely yeah yeah yeah. Do you know what I've learned from commentating? How ruthless you all are. Savage. Savage, yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. Brutal. I have to be opinionated. No, you do. You got a flash forward to the, to your retirement, didn't you? <laughs> Listening to how oh, we yeah, kind of discuss, good. you know, the riders coming oh, towards yeah. the end of their career. <laughs> yeah. name the rider, but Well, we were yeah, no, there was a suggestion of an interview, wasn't there? Yeah. Mid-commentary. Should we hear from so-and-so? And we kind of went, nah. Yeah, nah, you don't two that. totally shut hey, it down. Yeah. Yeah. You know what the mad thing was? It was Pickcock, wasn't it? No. no. Wasn't no. it? No. Are you no. sure? No, yeah, it was no. definitely I can't not. say I who like it was. was. <laughs> oh, okay. Can't definitely can't no. say who it was. Uh, definitely can't say who it was. Not now, anyway. No. no. <laughs> 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 okay. All oh, right. Okay. I see what happened there. <laughs> De- but it definitely wasn't Pickcock. <laughs> it might have been. <laughs> we'll never know. <laughs> no, it wouldn't be Tom Pidcock. He's a friend of the pod. Yeah, he is a friend of Pitters. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Pitters. He said he was going to win a stage. He wanted to win a stage. Yeah. Ah, this is also mind-blowing. Yeah. <laughs> what? what is The fact that he just was like, yeah, you know, I'd like to win a stage. Don't you know, everyone, if, though. If the opportunity arises, it'd be really nice. Yeah. And I'm like thinking, it's your first Tour de France on a GC team. Yeah, true. And... 
he's got that thought process, and it's well, that's why. Because but I don't think everyone does think. Like no, it, they don't. Th- no. Th- they don't think like that because, uh, correct if I'm wrong, but a large majority of the peloton know that it's out of their reach. Yeah, mm. true. Whereas with Pidcock, and the, there's just an assumption. When Tom said it on the pod the other day, yeah, it's like, yeah, it's like well, feasible. I mean, well, he could, you could almost have swapped the word out. I'd like to with I will. Yeah. You know, and it was simply yeah. a matter of time, yeah. wasn't it? The fact yeah. that he did chose this one to win in the style that he did just marks him out as the and special. How well Neddy recovered from yesterday and the previous mm. well mm, ten that's, days. That's awe inspiring. Yeah. And and also in his post race interview, I love the fact he said, Oh that I didn't go on the Galibier because they they wouldn't have let me. Yeah. So he went in the descent. He said they weren't that far away. Two minutes. Mm. <laughs> 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 Close that. Yeah. <laughs> so, and weren't they weren't terrible riders up the front. No. And he was just flying by kind of those riders that were remnants. And yeah. they, in, he caught up the Froome dog. And then he waited for the Froome dog. Yeah. And that was a kind of a, a, a beautiful moment, wasn't it? It was, yeah. yeah. It was Pidcock and Froome working together to get back. And the Pidcock, the Pitters, waiting for the Froome dog. <laughs> and it was, it was just... Oh, yeah, lovely. I mean, he was 13 when Chris won his first. Oh, oh no wow. way. Yeah. Imagine. Good fact, Lizzie. That's yeah. great. That. It wasn't mine. I stole it off Gary. But, oh, yeah. but he properly, um, as a kid, he properly used to watch our highlights show. He said it on a, a pre-race interview, didn't he? How yeah. With, with, the, with the best. Yeah. Uh, well, no. Uh, well, uh, n- never, never mind that. But it was just a regular habit in the family that they'd sit down and watch the Tour de France well, every yeah, I night. Think you that's know, the seven o'clock show. And he was lapping it up, absorbing it all, I think. So, yeah. Must have been, uh, yeah. It was a remarkable moment to see those two off the front together, wasn't it? It, it really must have been pretty magical for him. But then, classic Pitters came out in the post-race interview. Oh, that was brilliant, wasn't it? He he was kind of talking about it, and they asked what it was like to be with riders and with Froome, and he said, "Yeah, it was great." This, uh, but um, yeah, I beat him. <laughs> no, no, he said no, no, no. He kind of got himself in a slight bit of difficulty, yeah. didn't he? Because he did a a, 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 a a kind of comment of three parts. He said it was amazing to be. I mean, he's a legend, isn't he? And then he went. Of course, you know, when he was a bit faster. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And but, you know, it's obviously still, you know, whatever. And then he kind of pulled the sentence yeah. up short. But he did he, say that. Yeah. He did say kind of, yeah, he's a legend. But And then he said, it, I, I, but I beat him. And, uh, then but, he, and then, then he said, he yeah, said but yeah. he's not as fast as he was. Yeah. <laughs> 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 uh, he can't help but speak his mind somehow, Tom. Yeah. 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 So what was that story you were telling us about um, the, the coffee? And stuff, Lizzie. That's oh, good. a bit of inside. Oh, yeah. So inside. he, I had a conversation once with him at the World Championships, and I think it, I must have been making a coffee. Offered him a coffee, and he was like, "No, I don't drink coffee." I was like, right. That's unheard of for unheard cyclists. Of. And he doesn't drink beer or alcohol either. Also unheard of for cyclists. And I said, "Well, have you not tried it?" And he said, "Well, what if I like it?" Yeah. And I thought, well, so, well, it might add to the quality of your life. Not your cycling life, but yeah. I just think he's. He's having a very good life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hats <laughs> off to him. What a legend. What an example to set as well. That truly is. I think that's remarkable. But that says so much about his 22. mindset. He's 22. Yeah. He turns 23 in a few days, in 16 days. Um, but, and we're just so... That that almost barely got mentioned today, his youth. Yeah, yeah you're right. And just that, and that Palmares. In, in mm. one calendar year, yeah. less Olympic champion of mountain bike, world cyclocross champion... And won the Queen stage essentially yeah. of the of the Tour de France because it was in many ways the Queen stage of the Tour de France today. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, yeah, I just think it's really cool though as well that he has the confidence and the self belief to 
to demand from a team like Ineos that actually no, I want to continue these three disciplines. Yeah. Because yeah. They, uh, for sure they would, you know, mm-hmm. people would put pressure on him to choose, and it's like, well, no, enjoying cycling and doing what I want to do is still more important, and I think that shows a lot of maturity in somebody so young. But I wonder, Lizzie, if that's now a benefit, and they encourage it. When yeah, you see Wout van Aert and Mathieu van der Poel, and Wout van Aert in particular, because he's a shining example of this. Of he shiny boy. <laughs> he, is he a shiny boy? No, Wout van Aert is a shiny boy. No, Come on. he backs what? it up. He has a bit of dye in his fringe. He has a, a bit of a blonde. There has been a bit of a clamour for you to talk about shiny boys, Lizzie, and explain yeah. the term a little bit for us. So now seems a good time. It's, oh. it's tricky, isn't it? Don't I don't want to offend half of the cycling uh, well, you're <laughs> population. <laughs> All right, but there, there are three males in this car. In order of shiny boyness, <laughs> rank them. <laughs> well, Ned, you're, you're a solid... Um, Third. Third <laughs> place for me. Third <laughs> place for me. <laughs> I don't know. If, David, have you got tattoos? Zero tattoos. Oh, mm. Well, you're... Um, Peter? <laughs> yeah, I've got, I don't know. Yeah, I, th- I think, <laughs> tattoos, I mean, so. out of this car, we're going to rank Pete number one. Shiny but boy, yep. he's not in the shiny boy category. Right. Thank you, Lizzie. I think right. we clarified what that. What would he yeah. have to add to his general appearance and his, his sort of behaviour to quite become a, a shiny boy? Yeah, quite a lot. Um, <laughs> Thanks, Lizzie. He still have <laughs> to Finally, be sh- we're getting on. It's still three <laughs> days, but we're getting He'd there. still have to be shaving his legs unnecessarily. Unnecessary shaving nice. of legs He'd post-career. He'd have to be yeah. Yeah. not wearing socks. Uh, like showing his and, ankles. And loafers. Yeah, a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Wearing a specific brand of cycling clothing a lot of yeah. the time. Yeah. Oh, oh. Controversial. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, we could probably and and when, like when, when he wasn't wearing cycling clothing, what kind of garb would he have to wear? I mean, I'm thinking, I think I mentioned this the other day, quite co- overcomplicated denim. Yeah, overcomplicated oh, denim. Nice. That's what's, on the list. What's overcomplicated denim? Oh, zips that don't lead anywhere. Oh, like <laughs> um, fake pockets, fake zips. Yeah, little frayed cuffs for no apparent <laughs> reason. Well, like or a bit of sort of embroidery <laughs> <laughs> uh, randomly yeah, around yeah. the shoulder. <laughs> Which make you walk slightly <laughs> differently because there's not enough stretch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. Lizzie, do, do shiny boys ever have stubble? Uh, no. 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 no, I don't think so, no. Yeah. Uh, but they're the sort that might wear gl- like spectacles even if they don't need them. Oh. <laughs> Mark Cavendish. <laughs> <laughs> he went, he's not a shiny boy though, is he, Cav? No. No, no but he did he go <laughs> through an uh, unnecessary spectacle phase, didn't he, for quite <laughs> quite a long time. Yeah, he did actually. <laughs> 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 it's funny to think of it. Aren't we awful? I mean, I don't judge shiny boys on their character. I'm sure there's lots of nice shiny men out there. But but that's a barrier of entry um, because you're not going to get to know them because they're a shiny boy. You're going to hesitate. Oh, I'm sure you know shiny boys. <laughs> Given I'm a cyclist, I know plenty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Given where you live, I'm uh, straight to Monaco. Must be <laughs> France. <laughs> with France, Monaco, sorry, yeah. France. <laughs> <laughs> Stop. <laughs> yeah. Um, for the purposes of this podcast, France. Uh, well, it depends who's listening. Uh, nobody's um, listening. <laughs> Number two rated sports show. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't. I don't know where I'm going. Okay. With this, actually, really. no. Okay. So let's let's help our listeners. And you don't have to carry this responsibility and, and you don't have to feel bad about this, but what professional cyclists are shiny boys? Oh. Oof. Go on. Oof. You're going to have to say it, Lizzie. Come on, Lizzie. Name a few. Oh, really? Said, you know loads? Off the top of your head, no. Current. 
Oh, no, I've no. got I've got one. I'm, I think we can get away with this as well. I mean, there's a few names we simply can't get away with. I think, but um, I one Bling. from back in the day. Bling. Michael Matthews. Oh my God, his name is even Bling. That's yeah. like shiny. <laughs> he <laughs> is super shiny. Bling. But what about Linus Gerdeman? You know? Yeah. Linus Gerdeman. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. That, nice. That's good, isn't it? And yeah. I don't oh, think yeah. we're gonna offend anyone there. Apart from yes, Linus Gerdeman. Yes, but so, still even super shiny. Yeah. So yes. you know, like normally when you travel to a bike, <laughs> I, I mean, he's my teammate. But you know, if you travel to a bike race, yeah, I wear my team kit because it's so easy, nice, easy, simple, comfortable yeah. uniform. Yeah, Jasper, no, always got a man bag. Man bag. A uh, nice watch. Yeah. Um, yeah. That you sounds know. like uh, he takes care of himself. <laughs> I'm probably just jealous. Yeah. So do you know what? To contradict this oh, a little on. bit, the only, you know, going under what you call or what what the description of a shiny boy, <laughs> um, Marcel Kittle. Okay. Yeah. For mm. me, he's yeah. not a shiny boy. No. However, he takes care in his appearance, particularly his hair. Yep. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he just doesn't come across like that. So no, that that's no. the, that's the only one anomaly. Well, Lizzie did that say that. She said there's a lot of nice True. shiny boys. There are too. nice shiny boys. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. Well, that's good. Yeah. Um, another that. another note that it's kind of been running through the podcast a little bit is the wheelie bin finally returned yesterday after two weeks. Oh, oh so but you've yeah. had a replacement, haven't we you? We had a brand new shiny wheelie bin. <laughs> <laughs> Was that from the commissioners? From the commissioners yeah. of, uh, of Goff. And, but uh, the old one's come back as well. And then, so, so, yeah, quids in. They've obviously, they've definitely seen it on Twitter. And now we've got free wheelie bins. So happy days. That's good. Pete, we had our wheelie bin stolen about a month ago and my mum and dad have just had their wheelie bin stolen. What? Yeah. This is strange. Is that a thing then? Well, Clearly, that's uh, more than coincidence yeah. now, isn't it? There's it's like when on. you, so when you, you think, you know, when you don't see a car on the road, and then you look into buying one, and then you see them everywhere. It's yeah. like because we've never really talked about wheelie bins, and now it's like being brought up in conversation. It's like actually, ah. it happens quite often. Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. Because yeah. you just, you know what I mean? Because we don't talk about it. You Everybody, don't, you don't notice care it. But of your wheelie yeah. Bins. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, back to the race. Yeah. Yeah. So the break, and so who was in the mood? Because it was so good. It was. Well, we at first it wasn't. <laughs> Oh, you kept saying this. So this is when you're talking about opinions. Uh. Ned was bagging the breakaway. <laughs> <laughs> you, that's uh, what I mean. Ruthless. <coughs> I mean. Yeah. But I'm, I, you know, I can't. It's bit, it's, it'd be a bit vanilla if our commentary was, you know, everybody's wonderful. Aren't they doing great. well? Aren't they doing? <laughs> 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 oh, they're keep it up. Well, keep it up. They, you know. Or like they're. Uh, no, no, I'm yeah. not. You know, all, all, all I meant to say was the first six riders who got up the road. It was surprisingly, you know, there wasn't a Grand Tour stage winner among them. Mm. There was. No, no, the first six before um, a bunch of other riders got across. So Ciccone uh, and etc. They oh, got okay, across. fair enough, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. at first it was riders like Kobe Hosens and um, Matisse Laval, uh, who's making his uh, Tour de France debut. Can't remember off the top of my head. I, got, I haven't got my notes in front of me. But on on a stage of this significance and this scale, this deep into the race, where there are so many people so far down on GC, you would have expected a 20 rider group up the road with seven or eight people who'd won Grand Tour stages. No? I mean, it was just surprising. But then it kind of did happen uh, when, what, Ciccone got across and then Froome and Pidcock and... Yeah, he's all right, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Nielsen Nielsen Palace kicked it all off today, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he did, yeah. He did, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I actually think they needed a stage, with a hindsight, like a medium mountain stage in between... That was yes crazy. Yesterday, Galibier Cordoba Cordoba Fair. Uh, I know. And then Alpe d'Huez. After yesterday. After, yeah. After yesterday. Yeah. And it's sometimes you're right, Pete. Cause sometimes that does actually almost neutralise the race. Kills it a little bit. Yeah. yeah. So, controversial question: 
Would that have been a better stage if they simply hadn't bothered with the Col de Croix de Fer? If they got up the Galibier, down to Alpe d'Huez and up? Yeah. Mm, I think it might have been. Yeah, it would have been, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for everyone involved. What would <laughs> 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 yeah, I mean, it would have been it would have been potentially less than 100 kilometres, you know. But could have quite an interesting experiment to have a stage that should... Well, it did it. Oh, yeah, with the green, before, with the we? Formula One style start. Yeah. Oh yeah. God, that was terrible. Yeah, it just didn't make <laughs> any didn't make any difference, <laughs> did it? What year was that? Was that 2018? Yeah. yeah, that's when you leave ASA have a long lunch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a great idea. Yeah. Put a grid on the start line, but no, I I, th- I think <laughs> so because it would have meant that the or you you just go bang straight out to air. <laughs> yeah, must start hill time. That's what yeah. we did this morning, Dave. Yeah, that is what we did. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. Surprised you've not mentioned that already. I have, mm. just now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we both rode it. We drove down just because logistic managers that we are. Not uh, strategy. We weren't the first British winner on Alpe d'Huez, though, were we? I mean, no. Who was that? <sighs> uh, do you Such know what? a long time ago now. It just. It's not. It's not. It's not spring to mind. It's not spring to mind. Mm. <laughs> don't know who that could be. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, whoever it is, he's a he's a bloody legend, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if it's definitely not me. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but let's just get three British winners on Alpe d'Huez now. Now, oh, yeah. yeah, it's not so the clubs. No, it's all right, Pete, because you were the first. You were the first. It's better true. to be the first. Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. hanging on to my first Paris Roubaix for the rest of my life. Yeah, no one's going to take that from no. you. No, so yeah. you know, hang on to it. And uh, is it going to be? So when's the? When's, is Milan San Remo? They did it before for women. And yeah, they did. When was the last one? Two thousand and five, I think. I didn't know that. Huh. No, I, yeah. I had no idea. So I don't and know how. how wa- Trixie Warwick, uh, who retired y- last yeah. year, from, uh, my teammate, a German. German. She was the last person to win it. Good grief! Yeah. She's had a long career. <laughs> she <laughs> has. Yeah. Yeah. And what? Um, what's the co- what did the course look like? And it was Genoa. Yep. Uh, so you know the big city on the coast. Straight up the coast. Um, and it, yeah, Cipressa Poggio. Huh. Mm-hmm. Oh, there you go. It's a good race. On the same day as the as the so men's race. I'm not sure. I'm not sure about so that. So when are they when are they going to do it, Lizzie? I think they're doing it the same day as the men. But next year. Next year, yeah. Oh, and they're that also falls talking in six months. That's your six month window. That could be your first oh race yeah. back. It's a bit too early. Damn it. But I might be tempted to just do it, just so I know how to win it the year after. Yeah. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Easiest classic. Like the hardest one to win. Well. On the evidence, that so? that's the saying. Yeah, yeah. It's true as well. Yeah, on the evidence of um, the way we well we we watched you descending off Alpe d'Huez today. Oh, on oh yeah. On the evidence of that <laughs> alone, I'm putting a load of money on you on the Poggio because that was some pr- those pretty aggressive moves. In fact, we were shocked <laughs> at times. <laughs> Worried. That's and so with the gendarmerie. Well, they, they were accosted they didn't with a barrage a of lies coming your way. You were flashing your accreditation, that didn't get you anywhere. And then you said, My hotel's just over there, that's a lie. Your hotel's in Saint Etienne. You've got to do what you've got to do, haven't you? Yeah. Evacuation. I was bewildered. Hashtag. Second time around when we just got stuck, you just ignored it. Yeah. <laughs> just dived around and yeah, dropped a shoulder and you were gone. I was really surprised because uh, I kept that's thinking, because I was with Pete. I'm constantly surprised. And, and <laughs> what? <laughs> well, I was doing fine, I was in the zone. And I think sometimes the safest place to be is in the zone. Like, if you start overthinking it and hesitating, that's when things go wrong. Yeah. So I didn't want to overthink it. I didn't want to think about the fact that I was 
you know, carrying my unborn child down. I'll do it <laughs> on the Brompton overtaking the caravan. <laughs> you know, all no, these best things. Not think about that. Best not think about it. But then... I'm glad you weren't thinking about it because I was. Well, yeah, you got into my head and ruined it all. You came up alongside me and were like, be careful, Lizzie. Again? Yeah. I know. And L- then David as well said yeah. to me, next, David comes past and goes, do you feel safe? <laughs> and I thought... <laughs> Well, no, just, no, yeah. you mentioned it, actually. I probably should slow down. And then Ned stepped up again and was... Well, it's the bike race, isn't chivalrous it? You, we it gets, took it a bit easier. Like we did. In the yeah. zone. and We couldn't help ourselves, Pete. In Pete, the you, end, get, no. you get a little bit of nuts in those descents. Do I? Yeah. Like, scary. Really? Yeah, yeah. I find. Yeah. No way. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really? In what? You, you get sort of giddy and then you... Know. I, I just you noticed that as well, Lizzie? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, it gets to a point where I'm just like, I just can't help it. That's what I mean. I just, yeah, love it. You see yeah. red. Mm. <laughs> um, but can we just go back to descending again and Tom pick Tom Pidcock descending. So I reckon we'd have, I reckon we'd have stayed with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah we have that covered. Yeah. It was, I've, we've seen lots of great descenders in cycling, but his flow was so beautiful. The way he was using the road and just... The, and he tilts his head slightly differently. There's, he's got a completely unique, unique, yeah. but beautiful style. He's not fighting in the slightest. No, he's a, he's completely at one with the bike. He looks like a MotoGP rider. Yeah. The way he apexes the corners, the way he tilts his head, yeah. the way he even like puts his knee out into the bend, and the angle he has his bike on as well. Because obviously, really with crazy. the big difference of MotoGP is, or any motorbike race, how much they you know they have the knee to the floor. The bike mm. is completely. Yeah. Uh, whatever well, you degree were, you were pointing out, we were chatting, and, and so when he was catching Paulus at one point, or, or just going by, mm. and Paulus was using a different technique where you, you hold the pedals quite horizontal. Yeah. Mm. So they're horizontal to the ground, which I, it's not natural to me, but some riders do it. Do Sorry, it, yeah. explain. Don't know what you mean. So you're, you're basically holding, you know, when you just sit, you don't have one. F- pedal further down the other one up and one down yeah so basically the level so the level three and nine o'clock yeah okay and so paulus was descending like that and he just looked and then then pidcock comes by him and just looking like this picture of elegance kind of yeah. and i was like oh it's almost cool. like waiting for him to like clip his foot out and just like yeah. like the motif you about to stay and then just crank it in you know yeah it was it was pretty magical to watch because it's what he did with the galibier then then and on the he came down and he was just kind of almost gapping. I think it was was it on the Galibier Ned where he came off and, or Quadrafer came off just having a cool call of nature. It, it basically. Oh yeah. yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, drop them all yeah. just so he could get give Go himself like yeah. twenty seconds yeah. and have a wee. Isn't it mad what the Tour de France does for a rider? Like yeah. in terms of what you, what the public see, and then it's just because there's so you know. It's just a different platform altogether, isn't it, to any other race of the year? Yeah. yeah it's and it's just like, wow. But and you say that. Everyone will be obsessed with him now. Yeah, I've got my school friends. We're in a WhatsApp group. And they all text me today about Tom Pidcock. Exactly, yeah. I mean, they have not a clue about cycling or anything. And, you know, it's already headline news in the UK and they're excited about it and getting behind it. So it's brilliant, yeah. I always remember because he's Olympic champion. Uh, and when I went to my first Olympics in Sydney, I... I've felt it was so, so underwhelming compared to the Tour de France yeah and which was really weird but then hearing Pickock this morning his pre-race interview I think it was where he was saying I really like this race kind of and I want to come back and I want to I want to do this more 
and then watching him race today and his emotion after the finish in the press he was kind of broken up but he it it blows the doors off anything he's ever done yeah and he's done great yeah. things even now when we're speaking about him on this podcast because of the tour de france effect I'm I'm sat here thinking I can't believe he was on our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, how do we do that? Yeah. <laughs> you know, because there's no chance it's going to happen now. No, it's in too much demand. No, so he's like, eh, eh, Tom, any chance? You know, no, no. Yeah. Well, it, it comes back. I don't think it's a particularly British thing, really, isn't it? Because you know yeah. we are historically not really a cycling nation, and when I think back to the summer of 2012, that changed so much for Lizzie and for British cycling and the whole story kind of kicked on and changed but it was I'd spent three weeks following w Wiggins around France and you know witnessed that moment where on the Champs-Élysées in the yellow jersey he's leading out Mark Cavendish in the rainbow jersey and the day before in an individual time trial he crushed everyone and won the race and then a week later he wins the individual time trial well, no, the, the, the road race came first didn't it and then the time trial came a bit later yep. so he picks up his gold medal in London and everyone goes mad because he's won one time trial which was great mm. and an incredible yeah, performance and, and all yeah. that sort of thing but I, I, I'm just thinking that was just like one stage of the Tour de France he's just done yeah true that, that was a magic day though and yeah. I think Lizzie yeah. as well when you did the road race and got so did you do the Omnium Lizzie that no well, Laura Kenny did you, just did road, you wanted to though didn't you or no was that scrapped no so that? I wanted to do the points race and a mm. year before the UCI oh, decided yeah, were, yeah. to put the, the Omnium in yeah. with a yeah 200 meter and a pursuit in it which is not my forte ah. uh, but to be honest yeah best decision that was ever made in terms of my career that was a cool race, there was a race from the rain coming down. Yeah, it was yeah. it was massive. Yeah, yeah. I was at the London Olympics. You're the first well. British medal, wasn't you? I was, yeah. <laughs> the first British medal. Yeah. Forgot about me there, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Yeah. For Brad, for Lizzie, <laughs> you know. Oh, who, did you did get a gold medal there? Yeah. <laughs> did you? Ned just overseen that one. What's that? <laughs> you just saying, uh, oh, 2012, it was so big, you know, Brad with his, and then and for Lizzie and, and for the, the, the little guy sat in the back of the car, he <laughs> was also there. Well, yeah. He got a quarter of the gold medal, didn't he? I just <laughs> take... Whoa! His face. Shots fired. Uh, Shots fired. But I just take that for granted that people know that kind of thing, Pete. But if it needs reiterating, of course you are an Olympic gold medalist. And I believe the first ever British you winner. I know. An MBE then? Yeah. <laughs> Are you an MBE? Yeah. yeah. All, the gold, <laughs> <laughs> all the gold medalists from London. How the gra grading's that? Do you have a gold coat? Post box? Yeah, and a telephone box. Whoa. Oh, that's mega. Wearing a uh, laxi. Yeah, sometimes I go and get changed and just make calls out of it for the fun of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's me from a gold post box. How's it going? Uh, I have telephone box. Only in the and the kids of always the send. Yeah, the kids always send the letters to Santa. Um, in the gold post box. Oh, Pete, that's oh, lovely. lovely. And does it have your little plaque with your name on it? No, it's just gold. Oh. What are you, Lizzie? Are you an MBE? No, I'm nothing. No. Oh. No. Seriously? I know you'd think I'd be a dame by now. With three you? monuments. The least. <laughs> You've got three monuments. It's a shame the Queen doesn't know the difference between monuments and the Olympics, isn't yeah, it? <laughs> because Lizzie would be like, Harry well, Dayton. she'd be a dame by now. Yeah. Yeah. World champion. It's just a match. Yeah, and time. that. Do you, oh, forgot about that. Bloody hell, Lizzie. <laughs> <laughs> God's sake. <laughs> No, it's all right. I mean... Well, you're sat in the front and I'm in the back, so, you know. Yeah, yeah. true. Yep, yeah, stay where I belong. It's a funny one, that whole system, isn't it? Yeah, would you... Isn't it? Would you uh, accept it, one? Well, I'm going to be totally hypocritical, and of course I would. Would you? 
But I think there's far more deserving people than me mm. for an MBE. You should definitely accept it. Why wouldn't you? No, exactly. Well, and Brad Wiggins is a knight like, for the tour. No, well, no, I don't think so. Maybe like British <laughs> Airways. <laughs> British Airways might upgrade you if you're a dame. I am a doctor. I got an, an honorary, honorary, <laughs> honorary degree from York University. Very good. So yeah, that's nice. What was yeah, it? What was it in? Does it work like that? Um, yeah. Does yeah. it? Do you pick I a subject? I, I they pick forgotten. a subject for you. <laughs> Astrophysics. Yeah, that's oh. it. Definitely. Yeah. Hey, John Noonan, our um. Yeah. Our, 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 our podcast astrophysicist. Our consultant. Yeah. Uh, sent me a message the day saying he's listening to the podcast. Oh, good old John Noonan. Yeah. yeah that was in the early days of Never Stray's Far, wasn't it? Early days. Go yeah. back and listeners, go back and listen to some of the early stuff. It was mad. Yeah, there was actually looking back, it was very mad. Do you ever find that, Ned, where if I, d- I doubt you or David listen back to your podcast? You might do, I don't know. But you ever do, yeah. like uh, look at yourself or listen to yourself and be like, what was going through my head? You know, and sometimes with racers, when you look back when you're racing, yeah, and it's like, or how much you've changed over that series of time, and you, cu- you couldn't imagine yourself actually saying or oh, racing yeah. in that way what? all the time. The, the, the yeah. only comparable experience in my profession that I have um, is when I write, for example, I've just finished a draft of a book and um, it's been months since I've looked at it really. And some of it, I know that when I open it up and look at it again, cause it's not finished yet, it still needs a bit of work. I won't actually remember having written it and it'll be like That's reading someone else's mental. writing, That's you know, weird. which so is quite, it's quite a useful process cause then you can judge it properly. Yeah. You don't feel so attached to it. True. And sometimes you can think, oh, I'm chuffed with that. I can't believe I wrote that. Yeah. Well, yeah, the opposite of, yeah, so not. Yeah. yeah. So a bit this, of distance does you good. This is this is why I don't have tattoos. <laughs> because yeah. because I always think, well, I'm not going to think like that in five well, years or ten years. Well, it's not always about that. But yeah, no, no, but I'm just that from a personal so point of view. after the tour a couple of years ago, me and Lauren, my wife, um, I think we just had a nice meal, a load of drinks at home, and we started watching... So random this because we're not, but Lauren doesn't really care about cycling. I don't really, I'm not that into it when I'm not working on it at the minute. We started watching like old video clips of everyone that was working on the tour. So like Gary Imlach, um, Ned, <laughs> David's interviews with Sonia Devel, and then, then we got onto mine. And I was like, <laughs> everyone is so unrecognizable in their uh, personalities, the way they're answering questions. <laughs> and it's just crazy what time and maturity. Etc. does, isn't it? Because for me, I can barely recognise. I feel like I'm watching a different person. Did with you years? D- you know, we're, we're doing interviews for camera, for, for television, especially when you when you're a rider. Was it a bit of an ordeal? Did you find it quite hard? Or, or I really enjoyed it, but there was times when Daniel Freib would try and interview me, <laughs> and I knew I wasn't going to finish the stage, and I'd just be like, "Not today, mate." But on yeah. the whole, yeah, I quite quite yeah. liked it. You, you, Lizzie, were always in my experience of having interviewed you for telly down the years, um, a kind of exemplary to the manner born. Like you never found it, never struck me that you were anything other than completely in control of it. Whether or not you enjoyed it mm. is another matter, but you, you seem to cope with it extremely well. No, I don't know. It's a funny one. I've, I've, I've definitely had my own kind of journey of that of getting thicker skin learning not to like i don't go on twitter i haven't been on twitter in years yeah um i mean i have to do the odd tweet but i i don't read anything because stop tagging you then (laughs) (laughs) that's pointless sometimes it's unfortunate but human nature is to see you know if 10 people treat you a nice thing and somebody tweets you a horrible thing you got the human nature is that you are drawn to that negativity absolutely and 
I don't, you know, I don't need that really. I stand by everything I say, but I do also sometimes change my mind. Mm. You know, yeah, that's <laughs> which is kind true. of and, not and allowed. And isn't yeah, it? it's, it's not allowed. Yeah. It's well, like, well, no. you said that in yeah. an interview yeah, exactly. two years ago, and then you, and think, you change, oh, don't you? you but change I also your didn't mean it like that, or yeah. yeah, I, you know, I love to have debates and conversations with people around a table. But the hardest thing about an interview, particularly when it's straight after a bike race is that you have to give this really kind of perfect soundbite that isn't going to be misconstrued or whatever and mm. I, I find that pressure quite tough sometimes it's I bet Pitters Pitters that's why he nearly tripped up today with a slightly yeah. sort of tongue-in-cheek oh, yeah. semi-disrespectful remark about well, Chris Froome Ned what yeah. I will say with working on television now for the last three or four years and watching interviews with Pitters and Garrett Thomas and it's like they just answer the questions and no one cares about the grammar, what words they use, because mm. they're the riders in the race. And then as soon as you start working with television, yeah. within the space of months, you're expected to have perfect grammar, perfect <laughs> pronunciation, mm. yeah. and be able to talk for you know a long period of time about something you see. And it's just completely unnatural. I think it's crazy, isn't it? Because that's yeah, just not we, asked. We it. don't do that. Yeah, totally and then people, yep. the Twitter people, <laughs> Twitter people. <laughs> it's true though, isn't it? It's and it's constantly like it's a learning process. I think Lizzie should be our um, life coach for social media. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, oh. I had a really, I had a really difficult experience around Rio. You know, and yeah. I was headline news on the Daily Mail and all mm. the rest. Journalists. I mean, I had paparazzi at my wedding. Can you imagine? Oh yeah, yeah. You did. ridiculous. And looking back, it it was such a difficult time and such an intense time. But it was not a big deal. Mm. Like, it was a big deal in my mind and in my family's mind, but it was just, you know, rubbish the next day for a lot of people. No, Lots of people don't know anything about it, and you just have to put stuff in perspective. And for me, it was a massive learning curve. That's very hard to do when you're the, uh, in the eye of the storm, even if there's, you know, that, that particular storm is being overlooked. I think particularly when you're in the eye of the storm and you haven't, done anything <laughs> wrong yeah is difficult I, I mean I had it for years because I did dope and I still get it yeah but that's because I did something wrong and I used to just actually respond to people now if there's abuse I just block mute them block them and I don't engage yeah but it's much more complicated when it's something where people have opinions without the facts and that's that's you, difficult. You just learn yeah. that your mm. your integrity is the most important exactly. thing. And you actually can't control the opinion of strangers. And it comes down to like how can you not have respect for someone? Like that yeah. that's such small respect that you'd abuse someone on Twitter. So it's not like you say, David, it's not even worth engaging. No. So yeah. yeah. I mean mm. there well, we have then it. it's, then again it's I it's it's a it's such a balancing act because yeah. you know, like uh, Oemi Osaka, you know, she, she, Noemi Osaka, she yep. refused to do the press conference yep. post tennis oh, yeah. and stuff. And that was a bit of a debate, like, what should we expect from athletes? Yep. And it is part of the game. Like, don't get me wrong, I totally respect her decision. She put her mental health first, and it was obviously a little bit more serious than just not enjoying doing an interview. Yeah. But there's a fine balance, isn't there? And th there's also, like, if you are an opinionated person, like I am, like Pete is probably, <laughs> mm -hmm. you want to be authentic in an yeah. interview. You don't want to be bland. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you can't help yourself but answer. And then you think, oh, well, that was a waste of my time. Just yeah. cause me. And it's problem. also like they ask a question or whoever asks a question or, and it's like they want an honest answer, but then, then 
whoever doesn't like it and I, then it's yeah. like well it's a oh, yeah I used to it's have a never-ending debate in the older days of what's right and what's wrong and being honest in the older days because I, I was obviously a pro athlete before social media kicked in so I often have 24 hours 48 hours because it would be written and, oh, yeah. and and I'd often have interview remorse <laughs> oh, no. yeah. after then, dreading it yeah because I was like oh I got I was too open yeah, and I'd have to call the journalist back up and say, can, "What did I say? Can I just c- confirm? Did I say that?" Because you kind of engage in it so much, and you're being yourself, like you say, Lizzie. Mm-hmm. But then all of a sudden, you kind of step away from it, and that's the difference. At the end of the race, you, there's n- there's no tr- there's no option. You're just being yourself, and it's the only sport in the world where I think, and it's ultra endurance cycling, effectively, you're crossing the line and you're straight into it. And Ned, yeah. you know this. You've done it for years. Yep. And and you were brilliant at it. But it's at the same time, that's what you loved about it, was that. I do slightly miss that contact with the riders, actually, that mm. I don't get anymore, which is why as soon as I finished commentating today, because they were coming up in bits and pieces outdoors, I went straight to the barriers. And me and your old teammate, Fabian Wegman, oh, cheered in all the individual riders. He was banging the boards when oh, Max Valjad came over the line. No, but um, to go back to the job that I had to do, I never quite understood what it was. And I, don't, and I think that's the point, isn't it? I don't, sometimes I don't know why we're doing it or what it is exactly that we're after. But I know that if we didn't do that, and if, it, if riders didn't appear in front of camera to reveal, albeit sometimes quite um, nuanced details about their inner lives, um, we wouldn't have a bike race. Yeah. yeah. It's robots on bikes behind sunglasses otherwise. We yeah. know about Tom Pidcock's personality. You and I, Lizzie, were talking the other night about how struck we were by Tadej Pogacar's answers. Mm. You know, it's very important. We're telling a story about human beings here and how they react under the extreme pressure that they're put in. So it's a really, it's really interesting to hear your thoughts on that. Because mm. uh, I think we're all in the same, we're all in the s- of the same mind. I think that we understand, we understand why it's necessary. We just don't really know what the rules of the game are, and where those fuzzy lines should be drawn. And also, Ned, like I sit next to Matt Rendell every day in the office, which is in a, another truck. <laughs> separate yeah. to what you're commentating and it's so we're talking we're, at the minute we're talking about how the riders answer the questions yeah. and the flip side of that is the people asking the questions because their responsi- responsibility is to build the rapport with riders yep. and the biggest fear is ruining that by asking it's the wrong question it's a fine line isn't it such a fine line yeah. but between especially in the Tour de France when it's over three weeks building that relationship with yeah. the rider where they trust you and yeah. they feel comfortable answering mm. an honest it's fine line between you know? kind of sanguine, kind of like, kind of, and and even our wonderful colleague Freeboss. I was terrible at com- commentary when I started, and Freeboss was brilliant, is brilliant, and he'd go and because he's he went with, goes in with full hardcore journalism sometimes, and now he's found this wonderful balance, yeah, of mixing it up, mm. and and I think you've helped him with that, Ned, haven't you? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. is because it it is it's exactly right, Pete, because you do see the journalists you. If one journalist gets a question wrong, you won't you won't give the time again. No. Mm. And but as you're saying, Ned, you, the questions need to be enough just to get below the surface. But occasionally you have to do the fluffy stuff first, or yeah. around them, mm-hmm. and then occasionally ask a question that you know them well enough yeah. that they have an opinion on. Do you know a really strange example of where that didn't that rule that I think you're right that didn't really apply was Armstrong and yeah. me. <laughs> Go on. Well, in 2004, when he did that, he pulled that horrible move later on in the Tour de France by chasing down Simone, who was in the breakaway. 
Do you remember that? Yeah, 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 yeah. They were they were literally going to court. You know, they were they were there was a court mm-hmm. case between the two. He was suing Simeone uh, in Italy while the Tour de France was on. Simeone was riding for um, uh, Cipollini's team, and prior to the race, Armstrong, pretty sure this is true, had um, asked Cipollini to make sure that Simeone wasn't selected in his team. Mm. Anyway, he did. He was selected, and he got in a. He had the temerity to get in a breakaway really late on in the race. And these were in the days before we obviously showed the whole race live, so there were no cameras to record this. But Armstrong had shot up the road and forced Simeone to come back with him back through the bunch where he was duly spat at um, by you know several riders in the peloton, and uh, it was a it was a classic Lance Armstrong bullying gesture. And we knew at the finishing line that that had gone on word had got back to us and when Armstrong who was in the yellow jersey uh, was on the podium he then skipped all his duties and didn't give any interviews that day and kind of charged off but he got stopped in between the podium and his team bus by a bunch of journalists who in Keystone Cop style were kind of running after him through this sea of cables and I caught up with him with John Tonetti our cameraman and um, the questioning was already underway and everybody I knew that everyone was asked after the same sort of question but none of the journalists I could make out were prepared to ask him so I did and his eyes uh, narrowed and then he laughed it off and gave some really flip reply about you know nah, um, I can't select who's I can't have any influence on it you know who's selected for my t- my team I barely can pick my own team and you know kind of smiled and laughed and I thought that's not a good enough answer so I said no um and I just went in and asked him the, exactly the same question in a slightly uh, firmer way. And I got that was the first time I got the Armstrong stare. It was my mm-hmm. second uh-huh. Tour de France. And it was the first time that he noticed me, cool. you know, mm-hmm. properly. Yeah. Even though I'd been interviewing him fairly generically for a year and a half. From that moment on, rather than blocking me or banning me, which he did to a lot of journalists, he weirdly, he kind of almost sought me out. That's very Lance. Beca- yeah, because I think he felt that he absolutely had the beating of me. Yeah, it's a game. Yeah. A- and and yeah. sometimes if he got a round of soft questions when there was a controversy hanging in there, he would say to the press, but anyone got anything better than that? And he would then look at me. Wow. From time to time. <laughs> so, but that was ju- that was just a peculiarity of Armstrong and where he was at that time in his in his career, where he was just running the show. Yeah, he just loved that. He, he loved um, intellectual. He loves intellectual challenge, Lance. He's a very, very intelligent man yeah. in some ways. And it's, he, he, would, he enjoys those challenges. Hey, Ned, do you know what's funny about that whole story? What's that? You're now effectively both doing the same job. <laughs> Running what, a podcast. Podcasting. podcasting. <laughs> 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 like, I'm better than you now, Lance. <laughs> yeah, we're number two. Well, Peter Crouch, number one. Well, yeah. 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 What's yeah. Peter Crouch doing that we can't dislodge him, by I the way? Know. He's impregnable. How often yeah, are his podcasts? Yeah, They're not daily. TV show as well. That was odd, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I don't think Pete or me are going to get TV shows. Or no, never not say anytime never. soon. No, never say never. But hey, but if, any, if, anyone, if anyone's offering. Oh, I see what you mean. Right, your yeah. own TV show. Yeah. The David Miller show yeah. on oh BBC One. Forget the Kardashians. I want to watch the Kenners. Yeah. Can you imagine? That'd be insightful. Would be good, that, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, just back to the race. Back to the race. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I like um, that, though. I enjoyed that. It was very good. It was quite deep. Uh, yeah. So just to wrap up, um, Jumbo Visma decided to rip it up at the end. Now, I was going to mention this earlier. What are your thoughts about this? I was a bit... They kind of, like, throughout the day today, they kind of went, no, we're going to keep this really mm. close because uh, we want to win the stage. And then they went, oh, no, we'll let it go. And then they went, oh, no, we'll bring it back. And then they went, oh, we'll only bring it back <laughs> a yeah. bit. Yeah. 
because Tish Benoit, we were all expecting mm. on that valley road that Wout Van Aert would, would get on the front there and bring it right back. Hammer time. Um, but Benoit took it all the way onto the climb, didn't he? Well, yeah, I mean, I think you can read almost too much into these scenarios because when you're riding as a team on the front like they were, at the Tour de France, you just sometimes just ride, you just do what you, you can do. Yeah. And, it, the, and to... It's quite almost, a significant... Like, if you watch Wout Van Aert pull off um, at the bottom of Alpe d'Huez after probably two, three kilometres into it. He stopped pedalling. He was completely gone. And he was fucking... So I feel like they weren't necessarily trying to win the stage or not win the stage. Each rider was just doing the best they could. Yeah. And I, think, I think what was interesting with it was they... It was almost... It's the first day they've done it to this year's tour. It's stage 12. And... It, they rode a GC race. Well, they went yeah. full. They went full team. Yeah. Sky. And you're very proud, yeah. aren't you, when you're on the front yeah. like that? And well, I don't know. You've done it. I haven't done it. Well, it's uh, yeah, very proud, and it's like you want to deliver your job the best you can, and mm. that's what I felt like I watched. I, I don't think they could have brought that break back, even if they wanted to. Mm. In my opinion, Do you know, that's how I feel. Watch, felt yeah. watching it. But I, I'm just so happy. Well, well, the break was too strong for them. Well, yeah, the yeah. I don't. Yeah, for that it, point once the they'd let it yeah. get up mm. to six minutes. Yeah. Mm. It was. They, they wouldn't have been able to bring it back. Roglic didn't have, didn't have loads, did he? No, he didn't. Wout van Aert was really strong, but he, he was, was was never capable of bringing back three minutes mm. uh, in the Valley Road. Mi- minute on the quad of on, on the yeah, over the top. Over two k's. Yeah, it was just the last two k's, yeah. and that's what I mean when you're riding on the front and you feel good. Mm. And sometimes you just ride a bit harder because mm. that's what you're doing on the uh, front, yeah, and you it's feel very good. true because he did that, and then they waited. They kind of rationalised and waited for Benut and lost that yeah. all the time that Wout van Aert had taken. At mm-hmm. the top of quite a fair, and uh, yeah, so I think it, it was a good warm-up exercise for them. I'm super happy that Sepkus is back. Cause he's one of my favourite bike riders, and when the chips are down, he delivers. Because yeah, at one point he's a classic Ineos Grenadiers mold, isn't, isn't he? he? Like when like, you need me, I'm there. If you don't need me, if it's yeah. all under control, I'll save my legs for the, yeah. the final mm. ten days or yeah. whatever the week. Weapon. So yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean they're they're in control, aren't they? And as far as I'm concerned, for the rest of the race, they're almost going to pick the breakaway and who's yeah. in it. The only reason uh, Tom Pickock won today is because they couldn't control his descendant capabilities, and that's yeah. that's the matter of the fact. Yeah, but yeah. everyone else they could control. Mm. Very good. Yeah, well, what about Pogacar, just finally? Because oh I was yeah. talking, to, talking to Peter about this. I love the fact that he attacked. The first time he attacked, it was in Dutch Corner. <laughs> yeah, it was just on the exit from Dutch Corner. Yeah, yeah, was, was he? Yeah, he was. And it was like... I wondered whether it's just like, oh, oh, come on then, like yeah. you know, a little bit spontaneous and emotional, game, his, it? you know, his attack. It was great to watch. It's like Monopoly when you just like buy, <laughs> <laughs> you know, just buy a buy buy Mayfair, even though you've got like four hundred quid left in your account. <laughs> it's like, do you know what? I'm doing it anyway. Because <laughs> I'm in. I'm all in. I feel good That's about brilliant. This. Yeah. <laughs> a Mayfair move. No, yeah. You just won the podcast yeah. there. Well, so I didn't great. mean to. Yeah. I wanted to give it to Lizzie tonight. I never buy Mayfair. Don't give me anything. <laughs> I don't, you don't win with Mayfair in Park Lane, do you? <laughs> Do you? Oh, I don't. I don't, I don't know. No, you've I got to play. Well, yeah. this is the <laughs> yeah. You've got yeah. to play the long game in Monopoly, which sometimes you have to in a Grand Tour, which is it's a really <laughs> weird comparison, <laughs> but it makes sense, tour, yeah. you know. I'll start yeah. with um, what are the ones on the first straight? The little, the, the blue the little, ones, Euston Road, and Euston Road. Road. Yeah. <laughs> they're really boring, aren't they? Yeah. Really? Or you get that like electrical. Yeah. Like get a couple <laughs> of get utilities. Yeah, utilities. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh no, it'll be all right. I'll get a few hotels on them. So things have got to go your way, haven't they? Yeah. With the community chest, you've got to get. 
Tour de France. There's so much comparisons between Monopoly and the Tour de France. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> got to have a bit of luck. You've Go got to, to j- play the game. Got to stay out of jail. Got to yeah. <laughs> 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 That's a, quite a... In the 90s, that would have been <laughs> a big reference. That was, that was my generation. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> your generation. <laughs> Fact. <laughs> uh, but just but with his... Get a haircut. Lizzie, did you know this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Lizzie, did you know this um, after... Uh, <laughs> when Pogacar was doing those moves mm. he, and Vingegaard was just glued to him it almost looked like Pogacar was smiling at him I love I love Pogacar he's my favourite rider I think he's so cool yeah. um, just he's just yeah um, exactly I saw exactly what you saw David right. he was like oh, alright then you're still here yeah. <laughs> I, I've got another point to make about what Lizzie just said about Pogacar and what we were talking about in previous conversations of yes. podcasts, I can't remember about names, okay, and how you, even though your name might not be cool, even though you thought that you, they are cool, but th- what you do with that name is then you you make, you, the name. you make the name, you have the association, right? A classic example of this: Pogacar's tough out of his helmet now is yeah. it's cool, it's fine. Yeah, anyone else <laughs> looks ridiculous. Michael Bier. So I, I actually believe I've just completely yeah. backed up yeah. my yeah theory. And on yesterday's pod, we Lance. That's yeah. not a cool name, is it, Ned? N- no. But Lance yeah, Armstrong. But Lance Armstrong. It's yeah. <laughs> still not a cool name. <laughs> Norris. That's a brilliant name. I, I, I can't imagine that. Um, uh, <laughs> the the um, discussion I thought the very interesting discussion we had on last night's pod about the meaning of the word cocky. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And where that sits. Now, I think we we can add to that a little bit today because. Pogaccio was back on the whole smiling to the camera, yeah. communicating. Oh, it's so hot, isn't it? And, yeah. <laughs> and all that kind of thing today. <laughs> um, wow! This you is know, hot. the day after, the day after, it's all gone massively wrong for him. Yeah. So, so, so that's not. So it's yeah. just lovely. So yeah. that's, not, that's not cockiness, is it? No, that's just no. flamboyance. And yeah, I think cockiness. You can. De- it depends word, who you are. You can the word that Lizzie used in commentary, which I loved, which is bang on, flair. Flair. Yeah. He's got such wonderful flair. Yeah, it's just yeah, you can't not love. And even at the podium afterwards, he's with his girlfriend, speaking fiance, sp- fiance, speaking yep. Slovenian. What's her name, Ned? Oh, oh, f- Erska, 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 Erska Zigat. That's okay. it. Erska Zigat. Yeah, she rides for Mitch Holton. Ah, oh, didn't know that. Yep. Yep. Um, and he was talking to her. Oh, and he was, like, he was asking his one year to have doping control, and he just everything seemed so relaxed. Yeah. It was like there's just nothing going on. There's it's a bit like you, Lizzie. He's just completely balanced. <laughs> like, oh, I like wish I could be as balanced as him. That in that much control of your So own is mind. Roglic though. It must be a Slovenian yeah, thing. It must be a Slovenian, it must be a cultural thing. Like Roglic collapses, yeah. world collapses on the Planche de Belfi. He goes, never mind, to go and win the Volta. <laughs> Just, I mean, uh, they're c- yeah, they maybe are it is a Slovenian yeah. thing. Yeah, it can be. Very we need to look into Slovenian. their upbringing, their school, everything that goes on, and yeah. Copy try and replicate it yeah. because yeah. You, you're totally right. Yeah. Right, guys. Right. I think we've. Uh, we've just oh, stayed all welcome. No, uh-huh. we're, we've got. We're that was quite a serious pod. It was, but sometimes that's needed. I think. Somet- well, exactly. Like the peloton had a bit of a day off today, didn't it? Yeah. So we were back in the car. Yeah, I think we, we we were a bit discombobulated yesterday. Oh, yeah, it was carnage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, uh, to be fair, to us got to my head. It was carnage. <laughs> I love it. It did, yeah. It was the altitude. We'll blame the altitude. Yeah, altitude and the fact that I won there once. Serotonin overload. <laughs> yeah, yeah, emotions. Yeah. yeah, couldn't couldn't hold it back. Yeah. Sorry, guys, about that. But yeah, on we go. Okay. <laughs> See you tomorrow. Right. Thanks. Right, bye. Bye. Good night. Bye. bye.